not here right now. Please leave a message after the beep. We were best friends. Grew up on the same street. You forgot about me. Watch you! off this edition of the ODPH podcast. The song you just heard is BFFs. It's off the new EP, Call Me When You Get This. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ken M. I am the host of the ODPH podcast and in studio with me 
is the lead singer of a band that is going to be playing May 23rd down at Galaxy Brewery. They have a huge show going on. They have a great new EP out, so we're going to talk to him about it. From the band Walking Distance, say hello to Gus. Hey, everybody. How are you? Gus, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Gus, inform our listeners, where are you from? Give us a little background about yourself. Well, I'm originally from uh, Long Island, New York, but I live in a very small town called Afton, New York at the moment. Um, so, yeah, lived in Long Island from, for the first 17 years of my life and moved uh, in 2003 in the, middle, in the middle of my senior year of high school, which was a little rough. I was a little bitter. Okay. After that, <laughs> a little bitter, a little teenage angst. Yes, very. Because uh, I've always felt uh, that time, like that part of my life, just feels incomplete. I didn't get to finish what I started. Okay. Um, and yeah, moved uh, 2003 and finished up in Afton Central School, and uh, then you know eventually went to. BCC and um, Monroe Community College. Went to a lot of community colleges. And then eventually, let's fast forward to like around uh, 2010, like 2008, uh, 2010. I got into stand-up comedy. Okay. Uh, so at this point, you've come up from Long Island. You're in the 607 area. You're kind of working your way around school and kind of really kind of finding your niche of what you want to do. Yeah, it was trying to, you know, I guess the theme in my life is always finding a, a belonging somewhere, like just feeling, just finding my place uh, in this in this weird, weird world. And it took a while when I moved up here. It took a it took a long time. I went to you know a few punk basement shows here and there. Um, uh, our bass player Kevin Cobra. I actually met him when I was eighteen. Okay. And when he was in the in the band All Immune, and that was the beginning. I I feel like when I moved up here. Where I saw him and his band play in a bar, and I, I just I saw just like the energy and or felt the energy, and was like I want to do that, you know. I I, I want to perform. I want to write songs. Uh, I want to make some type of impact. Um, and then many years later, I I re met Kevin uh, through. A mutual friend, Mike Escott. Okay. I met I met Mike when I was doing stand up comedy. I would uh, do it at um, the Beagle Pub in Johnson City, and uh, I met Mike through another friend of mine, John Van Heusen, who I did comedy with, and uh, met Mike. Then eventually found out that he played guitar. And I asked him to just get together, you know, work on some songs maybe, you know. And we went to the practice space that we, that walking distance practice at, practices at now. And, you know, I had, I had like a, a decent amount of stuff written already. And uh, eventually Mike just said to me, you know what, 
there's something here. Let me talk to a few people. And Kevin Kevin Cobra was one of them. And uh, B-Joy Data was the other person. And B-Joy and Kevin knew Evan. I think that, or B-Joy knew Evan. And eventually we all got together and uh, jammed together. And it just, it felt right. It clicked. You know, there was something there, you oh. know. And we all, you know, have similar musical influences and, you know, bands that we listen to, like Hot War Music. What would you describe, like, growing up you were into for music-wise and, like, where are you at now with it? <laughs> so, I started music, uh, it it wasn't consistent right away. It, okay. <laughs> it was all over the place. It was uh, Matchbox 20. Uh, <laughs> it was big I, at the time, and, you know, nothing yeah. wrong with that. Uh, I still I still have that CD, and I, I guess I'm not ashamed of it. I do, too, so bear <laughs> no shame. I'm with you. Um, but then I think in middle school, I, I was getting to a lot of ska music, like Lesson Jake, Rubik Fish. Uh, there was a local uh, ska, I guess ska punk band by the name of uh, Edna Skullfish on Long Island um, that put out two great records and eventually they broke up. Um, and then got into like a band named Midtown, uh, the get up kids. Uh, let's see. And then eventually it got to bands. I listen to now, like gaslight anthem, hot water music, Aquiline trio, uh, one of my, like, all-time faves, uh, Bruce Springsteen. He's my he's my number one. Um, so if we if we were gonna do like top five, it'd probably be Bruce. Okay. Two would be Gaslight. Three would be a Scottish uh, pop rock band, Frightened Rabbit. Um, four. Four is a toss-up. Four would probably be Dave Haas. Okay. He's the lead singer of uh, The Loved Ones. And five always switches around. Five five could be, I guess you could say Get Up Kids. Um, like bands that really made an impact. So as you know, you're t- you're joining up with the band now with B-Joy, Kevin, or Evan McNamara, Kevin Kober. Uh, so you're really kind of seeing, okay, we're feeling something. There's something happening here with this band. Like there feels right, and this is where the direction you want to go with your music. Yeah, we were trying to figure out the sound. Uh, we just have so many, so many musical influences that it was just, you know, you could listen on the demo. There's just a lot of a range from different uh, genres, and uh, I think the last. I forget which songs they were, but some like the last songs that we were putting together before we recorded everything was we all kind of looked at each other and was like, okay, maybe this is where we should go. Maybe this is the direction. It was like a uh, band, uh, Sam I Am. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people were, you know, were saying that it had that type of sound, a uh, Sam I Am sound. And, and, and we were kind of going in that direction, and that's where the direction went to in the 
in the second full length uh, when we were working on songs for that. So at, at this point, though, this is where you formed Kadima. Yes. Correct. Now, Kadima. where did you get the name Kadima from? Okay. So here's <laughs> so here's the story about Kadima. We were shooting around names uh, through a group text, and I wish that group text. It's just just so many names. Muscle cars uh, was definitely one that sticks out that B Joy loved, and. Uh, <laughs> And I don't. There were so many. I don't remember all of them. But Kadima came about. Kevin Cobra and I were watching the Flash, the CW right show, on. the Flash. And I don't remember what season. I don't know if it was season at the end of season one or at the end of season two. Um, but the character Doctor Stein gave a toast at the end, and he goes. Uh, you know, using the Hebrew word Kadima, which means moving forward, you know, dot, dot, dot. And Kevin and I both looked at each other and said, that sounds like a great band name. Right. Okay. After that, like that particular moment, I text, uh, I text, I text Mike, Mike after that. And I was like, how about Kadima? And he's like, I'm all about it. It just, I don't know, at that, at that moment, at that moment, it just fits. It fit, and I think we were just fed up. Yeah. <laughs> we were just t- at that at that particular time and that particular moment. We were just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, this is good. Okay, fine. Let's just yeah. go with it. So yeah, we were Kadima, and then uh, eventually after that, uh, Mike moved. Um, Mike left the band and moved to L.A. And but luckily, Rob. Rob Kucherik, uh from six or seven autopilot off. You had him on the podcast. Yep, he's been a uh, guest on the podcast before. He's my big lovable bear. Um, he joined the band. Mike was like, "Why don't you just why don't you join the guys? You know, and you want to do something musically, and you know, just I think it would be a perfect fit." And he was right; it was a perfect fit. Everybody knew, everybody knew Rob. I knew I knew Rob. Probably I met him at a Dave Haas show with Mike, and it just clicked. I just I like this guy's rad. Like I just you know you just you fall in love with people when you first meet them. And mm. I, Rob was one of those people. It's like it just clicked, and uh, Rob has taught me a lot um, since joining the band with structuring a song and timing in a song. And not complicating, you know, not putting too much in writing a song. And uh, it's it, I've learned a lot. It's been a great experience. So you're taking this influence that Rob is giving you and you're applying it to the Kadima record. Yeah. And then from Kadima, it now transitions to walking distance. Yeah, so we were at uh, practice one day, and I think Evan... McNamara, our lovely drummer, uh, I think he brought it up. You know, maybe it's time that we change the name. And because uh, Kadima kind of sounds like a, I guess, heavy metal hardcore band, and we we weren't we weren't that. You know, that's not really our sound. So, how would you describe your sound? Um, 
melodic punk. You know, just yeah, melodic punk rock. Okay. Uh, I hate using the word emo. Yeah, because <laughs> there's such a word. stigma to it. It is, and because I, I think any song could be emotional. Any song can give you some type of feeling. Well, yeah, especially if you're writing with passion and you're writing, you know, just about everything you're going through. Yeah, you yeah. want to have that emotional connection. So to have a cast with that, I mean, there's just there's something when you say a song's emo that just leaves yeah. a bad taste in the mouth. It, it yeah, I, I hate using that word. But uh, we'll just say melodic punk. Um, so, so again, we went round two with figuring out a band name, and Evan mentioned Walking Distance, and he said, "Oh, it's a it's a name of a Twilight Zone episode," and um, because Ron Sterling's from. I, Endicott? He's, he's from uh, Binghamton, B- Endicott area. Bing- okay. But he's, yeah, he's more recognized for being from Binghamton. He is the creator of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. So, at first, not that I didn't like it. It just, it didn't, uh, it didn't grab me right away. Mm-hmm. So, I went and just looked at every episode name and tried to, you know, I, I was tossing out other ideas and just nothing caught fire. And then eventually everyone... Everyone liked walking distance and, you know, and I sat on it for a bit and a guy my size, I I sit on a lot of things (laughs) and uh, (laughs) I got one of those big asses Um, (laughs) and the name got warm. (laughs) Sometimes it happens like that. And then a bird hatched, Uh, but (laughs) I, but it, it, uh. It made sense. It was just one of those names that clicked, and it made sense. And just looking at it when we have flyers, and it just it looks good, you know, too. And it rings. And when you're talking about the bird hatching, it kind of led to whom it may to whom it may concern. Yeah, which was your EP out that ten songs came out in March of 2018, I believe. Yes. And yeah. so, I mean, how would you describe the reaction with that when that came out? It it got a great reaction, and I was very happy. I, I, I'm I'm proud of those ten songs. We we um, you know, we, we started some of those songs with with uh, Mike, and then he left. And I guess I guess you could say in the middle of it. And then Rob came in and and, and finished the second half of uh, of that album, and um, that. That album, it means a lot to me because uh, I kind of I got out of my shell a bit um, with writing those songs. Uh, those songs came were inspired from like conversations I've had with other people, um, you know, people who were going through something, and they were inspired from uh, personal things going through going through my life and. Uh, I'm a person who struggles with mental health and I battle with uh, depression issues. And um, so I, I took the opportunity, you know, with writing these songs to just op- be a little bit more honest, uh, be a little bit more open and uh, not be afraid to express that other side of myself. And uh, there is still, I, I you know I haven't gotten to the finish line yet. 
there's still more room to grow and I, and there's, there's more work to do. And, uh, I think the EP, the new one, uh, call me when you get this, that just came out this week is just more progress, just more honesty. Um, and I hope I, you know, I, I'm able to continue, you know, there's a lot been going on with me. Uh, you know, I, I lost someone close to me back in, uh, on Christmas Eve and been kind of dealing with, you know, going through the motions with that. And, uh, so that on top of my daily battles with my own mental health, it's, uh, hopefully I can continue my story, you know, and just, just think I use this band as a, as an opportunity to just tell people whatever's going on, take the leap and take a risk and be fearless. And, uh, that's what I'm trying to do. And it's, it's, it's been a struggle at times, you know, but hopefully I'm, I'm doing somewhat, a good job at it. I think it was incredibly brave that you're, you know, breaking that story down for us. And condolences on the loss that you just had. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, mental health is just something that is just, you know, it, when it hits everybody in different ways and just in dealing with it and how how to just be strong about it and just, you know, finding ways to, to cope and deal. Yeah. I mean, you've taken away and really flipped it to the music side and just really used it as a therapeutic way Yeah. to deal with it. And, I, and like I said, I think it's extremely brave to do. Yeah, and... Uh, that's that's the biggest thing I, I figured out was I got a lot of stuff bottling up. So you can take all that energy, uh, whether whether you want to call it negative energy or just, you know, the sad energy, and, and you can channel it into in a negative way. Or you can do something creative and positive, like, you know... <laughs> Creating music with four great people. And that's awesome to see, too. And especially with those four said people, you're going to be playing a show Thursday, the 23rd of May? Yes. So why don't you break it down for us? May 23rd at Galaxy Brewery, we are, Walking Distance, is playing with a phenomenal, phenomenal lineup with uh, Tom Jolu, a second suitor, and a great band from where I grew up, Long Island, New York, Iron Sheik. Right and on. If you haven't listened to any of these bands, uh, run, don't walk. Go on Spotify. They're every. They're all there. Just do yourself a favor. Well, if you go hit up the Walking Distance Facebook page, there is links uh, for the event. Yes. And you can go there and you can find all the music for all the bands that are playing. Yes. But how exciting is this show going to be? I mean, this is the first time that you're playing out since the new album dropped. Yeah. Um, this this show is personally meaningful for, for me because, you know, grow up, growing up on Long Island, I missed out. Um, I was born in 85, so I, I kind of missed out on being part of uh, a cool music scene. You know, I, I didn't... I didn't start really going to shows until I guess when I was in high school. Okay. And uh, 
so to play with a band from where I grew up from, it's just it, it means a lot, you know. Because one of the I guess one of the bucket list items with walking distance for me is to play on Long Island, uh, you know, in front of friends and family. Hopefully that happens one day. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I, I, I'm hopeful that it will happen. Put that energy out in the universe, man. You never know. Yes. <laughs> Put it out there and see what happens. Like Ryback. Yeah. <laughs> Reading oh. the secret. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you want that kind of energy. <laughs> <laughs> Feed me more. <laughs> <laughs> but with this show, I mean, there's definitely a, a lot of buzz going on with it, too. I mean, especially everybody's really excited about the EP coming out. And, I mean, I've heard it. I think it's incredible. Thank you. Yeah, Thank I'm, you. I'm, I've been listening to it every day. As I've been listening to the other album, too. So, I mean... The links to this show are on the Facebook page and also on your Instagram page for Walking Distance. Yes. So you can definitely check that out. But why don't we go segue to break here Okay. by talking about one of your older songs, The Fix. So give us a little backstory as we head out. The Fix is Fix is uh, one of my favorites. Um, it's a song that Rob and I uh, wrote together. Uh, we were at the uh, practice space one night just shooting shooting around ideas. And, um, you know, it's funny. He said to me that night, he's like, I love, you know, songs that just come out of nowhere. And I'm like, yeah, no, those are, those are great songs. And we're just, you know, we're just sitting there talking and he just starts strumming away on this, uh, simple tune, what became the, the beginning part of the fix. And I just start singing off the top of my head, the, the chorus, and, and I, we both were like, what is that? And we just, we didn't want to let that spark burn out. So we were like, all right, let's, we got something here. Let's, let's work on that. And I went on my phone and just uh, try, try to find things I was working on. And I found a verse I was working on, on, on one idea and a verse I was working on on a different idea, and I put those together, and we wrote that song. <laughs> it felt like it probably took like an hour because he he started putting things he you know uh, the things on GarageBand, okay, and just put together a bunch of samples, and we just had an outline of you know a foundation of that song, and then showed it to the guys, and then eventually came what you know what it became on the album and uh it's a it's one of my favorites i love playing it live so we're gonna get into that we're gonna take a quick break next segment we're gonna be joined by rich from the 3fn podcast network gonna talk a little pro wrestling with gus and you're listening to gus from walking distance on the odph
The Fix by Walking Distance here on the ODPH. We have a special edition. Talking a little pro wrestling now, we have Gus from Walking Distance in studio along with Rich from the 3FN Network, and he does do the 3FN on wrestling podcast. You should definitely check it out. We have the links up on the OchoDuroParleyHour.com page. Gus, you have not been watching wrestling since WrestleMania, correct? Because I like to have a normal high blood pressure, and uh, I don't think I can call DirecTV about getting another remote because I've tossed my remote so many times watching Raw since WrestleMania. The Viking experience, that's all i got to say. <laughs> so, Rich, how would you describe the current state of the WWE? The fucking uh, Viking experience. The, the, the current state. Well, you know, here's the bad part. The bad part is that uh, the, the wrestling, the in-ring work is good. Yeah. It's, it's been fine. Uh, the storylines, they, they've gone to, to crap. Uh, let's see. The only thing worth noting is, in my opinion, well, first of all, we have the superstar shakeup that doesn't seem to end. So every week it just seems like, hey, let's just keep moving stuff around. And then when we can't explain that away, we'll do something called the wild card. And then that that's a whole other, you know, I, conglomerate I, in its own. So what is the wild card? So... Yeah, I need translation on this. This is this is how we broke down the wild card on 3FNW because they really aren't specific about it. Originally, it started off as every week, three people from the other show can be on the other show. So okay. three SmackDown Live guys can be on Raw and vice versa. By the end of the show, it was up to four. Yeah. So I figure by the end of the month, we'll be up to like no... No split, period, uh, if it continues this way. Because yeah. now it just seems like they're moving people all willy-nilly after the superstar shakeup was only supposed to be a one-week thing, and it's gone on for literally a month now. Uh, they've I will give them credit in the shakeup that they tried to keep all the couples together. Yeah, that, that was, was a, one of their things that they were trying to keep wi- husbands and wives slash people who are together, trying to keep sweet. the morale high, if you will. Yeah, that was definitely the morale's, the morale's down, if you... Uh, and even in that case, I, I'm, I'm less judgmental about a lot of stuff in the ring as I am about the storylines. Although, if you've been watching, the one shining light, obviously, is Bray Wyatt. And boy, does he he's an amazing human being slash character and can continue to reinvent himself into some amazing things. So Yeah, his current thing of the Firefly Funhouse has literally been the best thing they have on both shows. Into the Joker, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I hate clowns. Hey. That's my, I have a fear of clowns, and uh, <laughs> so doesn't so doesn't Diesel from our show. And the best part about that is, right after it happened, I took the first clip I said and sent it right in our messenger. It was like, "How do you feel about this picture?" Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> There's not enough natty daddies in the world to save him oh, no. on that one. Hashtag Big Natty Cool was not happy that day. Yeah, and, and just going into it, I mean, like like Rich touched upon too, the superstar shakeup didn't really have the impact when they've done like the the raw draft or the roster splits or whatever they've done in the past it just kind of seemed i don't know anticlimactic well you know the the one thing that they did do that i thought was effective was they kind of gave both uh parties uh equal footing like you've traded one top star for another so you traded aj styles to raw for roman reigns to smackdown so you got the top guy from smackdown to the top guy from raw and and that's a fair trade so i i thought there was a lot of fair trading going on although they they gutted the best tag team division in wrestling off of smackdown and made instead of having one great tag team division and one crappy one they made two mediocre ones which was that that i'm still kind of confused about uh the andrade situation was interesting they moved him to raw which i thought was a great thing for him because you know He's going to get pushed one way or another. As Diesel pointed out in 3FNW episode this past week, uh, he's getting that uh, Char- 
Charlotte Flair rub uh, from <laughs> from the fact that they're together. And uh, I, I was like, that's not, you know, hey. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he, he's he moving him back. And the reason being, when they stated it, was because they wanted a Latino presence on SmackDown when it moves to Fox. That's something Fox wanted. So already you're starting to see that Fox will be dictating what WWE does uh, coming up in the very near future. Uh, I have no problem with that. The thing is, uh, we did a report this past week, and I thought it was the most interesting thing going around the internet, and I, I give it some credence even, is that the most frustrated person in WWE isn't the Sasha Banks, and is, it's not the Revival. It's it's none of those people. It's not even Dean Ambrose, who is now gone to become John Moxley again. It's actually Triple H. Yeah. Because yeah. now Triple H is sitting in a position where he's watching all of his children, if you will, the kids that he's so proud of from NXT, go on to the next level and be – pretty much misused completely yeah yeah just i mean the prime example the viking experience and the and the name oh, change well and, the viking raiders now so uh, they changed the name again like, i can't even keep track about that just how much they they've ruined rowan hansen and just now made oh, him into oh, oh, oh it's it's ivar and uh, what was the other one i think it's eric and they, ivar yeah they I changed think. the names yeah yes. it's ivar and I can't. Re- I, 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 I think it's Eric and Ivar. I think it's Eric and Ivar. I could be wrong, but definitely one of their names is Ivar now. Yes. I, I, I wish I was making that up. That was the what went under the radar. I remember when it first broke, when the Viking experience and everybody's going nuts on the internet, and we literally, the next podcast, I'm like, why is nobody talking about the fact that they named somebody Ivar? Like, why is that not, like, we've known them as, you know, Rowan Hansen forever. And then all of a sudden it was like Ivar. And it's not even his name. Yeah, it was just completely out of nowhere. So what's the reasoning? There is none. It's uh, just Vince didn't want it. The best explanation I've heard for the Viking experience slash Viking Raiders was from, uh, I'll give a shout out to the to Bully Ray on Busted Open Radio. Yeah. The best reasoning I've gotten is because marketing. And after 9-11, there was a conscientious uh, decision by WWE to not use the word war. Okay. If you notice, they've stayed away from it. So going up to the main roster now, it was like, okay, well, we can't use war. Yeah. But we also want to market the hell out of these guys. What can you do? Oh, Vikings. Vikings are cool. People are into Vikings. So now I wouldn't be surprised. And you'll, you'll see it soon probably. You know, you'll have the, like, axes and the shields and all that stuff that they can sell for the kids. That I think that was the long-term goal for them. I don't get the, the whole change of the name to Ivar and how that played into it, but it is what it is. Also, I didn't get why we had to drop it. You know, you want a more Latino presence, but you drop Andrade Cien Almas' name just to Andrade. Uh, if you want the more Latino presence, why wouldn't you just keep his full name? Well, I mean, Vince has a tendency to do that with everybody, well, though. I mean, Cesaro went from Antonio Cesaro to just Cesaro. Ali, yeah, Mustafa Ali is just Ali. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm just, I hate the one name gimmick. It's just become beat down, uh, especially by WWE. I mean, Cesaro, I'm not too upset about because you know. Antonio Cesaro wasn't really the greatest name to begin with. Right, but it's just, it just goes to show, for whatever reason, they just like to shorten up to one names. Which What was he on the indie scene? Claudio Castagnoli. Love and that's why exactly why they wouldn't use in WWE, because could you imagine trying to get Michael Cole to say Castagnoli? <laughs> and have Vince just yelling at him the whole the only, time. The only, thing you, the only person on that whole roster as far as uh, uh, commentators who could probably pull it off would be Mauro Ranallo. Yeah. Which was exciting when he resigned. He is my spiritual animal. I love Mario Ronaldo. 
So when I, I heard he was resigning to be the voice of NXT, continuing on for at least the next three years, I was super excited about that because they really need him. Because I, I just he's he is what Jr. was to Raw is what Mauro Ranallo is to NXT. In he, my opinion, he's just so passionate when he makes his calls. I mean, he is. You know, he's supposed to be very professional and keep it as much of a newscaster as he can be. Yeah. But you can just tell the emotion he has. He's just a fan like everybody yes. else. He just has a microphone in front of him. And I think that's what plays onto him. I think that the next, the, the, I mean, I know we're going to talk about it a little later with the AEW stuff, so I kind of get this part of that out of the way. I think the nicest part about AEW, and, and, and I've said this, and I'll scream this on rooftops, I've said it all over, my, uh, all over our programming, and anybody who asks me, if you think WWE is really worried about AEW, you're mistaking. Mm. Vince McMahon doesn't really give a damn about some other dime a dozen company who's going to try to knock him off of his throne. The difference is, he, we've seen in the past, if you're a weekend warrior, you're not going to take off Vince McMahon, who lives eats and breathes wrestling. However, competition is the best thing that all of us can get yeah. because with competition, that means you'll start to see certain things change. And the fact that uh, uh, Triple H is waiting in the wings and we know how well he's going to do as far as uh, going into the main role, as soon as he takes over the main roster, I think everybody will be fine. But I think we're rooting for the wrong thing. I think we're all rooting for AEW to do well to put pressure on for competition, which I want them to do well too, don't get me wrong. But I think we need to really root for the XFL to take off because then Vince will go away to football and we'll get Triple H sooner. You know, the scary thing is, because we talked about this on the sports show uh, a couple episodes ago, is the XFL is marketing themselves on network TV. They've got some deals lined up. They they haven't announced any players yet. But it does sound like this approach so far, knock on, you know, the wall, might actually work to a degree. Well, this is the nice part about them having their hands in both NBC and Fox. Yeah, because you know, with their deals across the board, they have their their hands in everything, and Viacom too, to an extent. So, like, you you have like networks across the board working with the WWE, which is an interesting fact in its own. That in most things don't cross network lines, and they have because they're one of the highest types. So that's why when people are like, well, it's the lowest rated RAW of all time. Okay, that's fine, but at one point nine five. You're still looking at 1.95 million viewers or households live. That's just live. That's not counting the people streaming on Hulu, people watching clips on on YouTube, uh, people, the three, five, and seven numbers. That's not counting any of that. That's just counting live. 1.95 million households is still tuning in, which is better than anything else on television. And that's why they got over a billion dollars. Now, do you think Vince cares about the ratings? Uh, I think that the model has changed, and I don't think he does anymore. Yeah. Because really, now ratings don't mean as much as they did yeah. back in the Monday Night War days. Because back then, people had to watch. I mean, think about it. You had to either watch or record on your VCR. Yeah. So either way, it was still triggering as a watch live, even if you're recording on your VCR, because it was tuned to that channel. plenty of VHS. Yeah. So don't I. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I mean, you said earlier you were 80, born in 85. I was born in 83. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, we're in a similar boat. However... I think now with the change in everything and media and how people are, are digesting content, mm-hmm. you look at the, the YouTube numbers and each clip that they put out is 2 million views, yeah. 3 million views. And that's clips. And and they're making a killing that way. You look at the fact that there's over 2 million people subscribed to the WWE network. Yeah. And so, you know, at 20 or $10 a month, you know, that's $20 million yeah. a month that they're clearing. And you, they're healthy. 
they're yeah. they're very healthy, so I don't think it, they worry about that. Uh, I'll save the part about the AEW thing for the next segment, which a uh, little tease there because I like to do that for some reason. It's just my hosting coming. Yeah, through. you big tease. Yes, yes, yes. But but I think in the long run, what I would say to people who are fans of WWE, yeah, it's a hard watch. It's a very yeah. especially storyline wise. But in ring stuff is very good these days, which is weird to be like, oh man, the in ring has gotten better. The storylines have gotten bad. Yeah. This now, if you cut the show down an hour, would that change things? Yes, dramatically. I think of that the, I think That's that it would be a better thing. show. However. Yeah. They would lose millions of dollars to do so because they've already sold that to advertisers, and that's the bad part. Yeah. They're in a catch twenty-two. I think the the when Bruce Pritchard first went back to WWE, he made a statement about that. He was like, "I wish that we could just go back to two hours." However, people don't understand the financial burden that is. Yeah. Like we would literally forfeit millions of dollars a week because there's advertisers. the The network USA wants them to have that third hour. Like. There, it's it's all signed into that deal that they have, so they have to do it. Uh, I that's the only bad part. The the worst part about it is I've always made the joke that they should cut an hour off of Raw and add an hour to NXT, and it would be better. And do every other week, do live and and taped every other I, week for NXT. I love the hour long NXT. Well, my I like it too, but here's the problem: you have so many stars down there that you barely get to see a lot of them. Yeah, and that's a problem because you you could keep the same format that NXT is and bump it to another hour. And yeah. trust me, people want to complain because you would still get the same core value, but you would get to see a Velveteen Dream every week. You would get to see Johnny Gargano every week. You would get to see Adam Cole every week. Like I was checking in the other day, it's been like you know, other than like a segment here or there, it's been a at least a month since Adam Cole's wrestled on NXT television. Yeah, they've been really spacing them out. Yeah, and it's just kind of it's 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 horrible because you look at the fact that he's going into a title fight at the next show, which is the twenty fifth show, and uh, he's going into a title fight there, and it's really like there's been no interaction. Yeah, it's been mild buildup. You see more interaction. They're setting up like the breakup of the undisputed era between him and Roddy Strong. Yeah, more than you've seen the buildup for him actually getting his title shot. I also like, but I don't know. Me, I like the um, every week they showcase somebody. Mm-hmm. That's what I appreciate. Like, but yeah, no, I could see a, t- a two hour show. You get everybody in, but I also appreciate the every week you showcase just a couple of people and y- you really put a spotlight on them and see what what they can do. Well, I- I'll just say this: uh, you'll see a two hour NXT if a certain other company on a certain night starts making uh, too much headways. Uh, and then I guarantee that, that Fox on Fox Sports Network or one of their other affiliates will be playing NXT for two hours on that same night. Mm. And then it would be a real competition. And I've said this, and I, I caught some flack for it, but as of right now, this day, barring any big surprises that we don't know about, which we'll talk some of that, uh, but barring any big surprises – NXT would blow AEW out of the water. It's a highly debatable question. I mean, honestly, just looking at the rosters on both right now, but, I mean, we're, we'll get into AEW just a little right, bit. Right, right. But I'm just saying, if you look pound for pound and developed rosters, like the development of NXT and your, where you are into the storylines of NXT, you have some of the best personalities in wrestling, period. You have the best babyface in wrestling in Johnny Gargano. You have the best character outside of Bray Wyatt in Velveteen Dream. Mm -hmm. You have, then you get into your athletes. You get into your Adam Coles and your Roddy Strongs and your, the rest of the Undisputed Era and continue, continue, continue. And 
pound for pound, they compete very well together. But the difference is we've known all of these people in, in NXT way longer than we've known 90% of the roster in AEW. It's like DC and Marvel. That's correct. It, it, it really is. But one's up, up the up-and-coming part of AEW, outside of that, the top six guys in AEW, people don't know the rest of that roster. No, they're going in with a lot that is unknown, but it's known if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, but yeah. to appease to the mainstream audience, it's, it's a whole different story. But going in with that, though, they're going to be having the Money in the Bank pay-per-view coming up this Ooh. Sunday as we're recording. Ooh, I'm almost knocking things over. Yes, Money in the Bank is coming up. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of Money in the Bank every year. All right, break down the card. Oh, wow. There's 11 matches on the card, so I don't know if I'm going to go through the whole card. But uh, in your Money in the Bank matches, uh, you have the Men's Money in the Bank featuring Finn Balor, Sami Zayn, Ricochet, which that'll be amazing in its own. I don't think he'll win, but whew, that'll be an amazing uh, jaunt there. Uh, you have uh, is Elias in that? No, Elias no, no. is wrestling Roman Reigns. In a, in a match, which Roman must win, you know, like Hogan must pose, Roman must win. <laughs> uh, so you got Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre. That's my pick to win. Oh, mine too. I would say Randy Orton and Andrade and Ali. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's a good it's a good match. Uh, I think the two favorites to well the three favorites to win in everybody's opinion is McIntyre, uh, Corbin, and Andrade. Uh, Andrade's kind of the long shot. McIntyre would be the smart bet because he's the future, as far as people, most people can tell, is, is in, in the heel in the sector. But right now, you got to be honest, nobody gets more heat than Baron Corbin, whether it's for good reasons or bad he's reasons. He's getting near X-Pac level when X-Pac was in his Yeah, I was his about prime. to say that. He's oh, yeah, got he's the, the go-away heat. That nuclear heat. He's, yeah. he's, almost, he's almost at the level of uh, Tommaso Ciampa heat. Only Ch- Tommaso Ciampa had the heat for the good reasons. Yeah, he was on the good side the of that. Not the bad part. Uh, <laughs> The women's match got messed up because Alexa Bliss is out, so Nikki Cross is in. Uh, Which I want to let me jump in for a second because you mentioned Nikki. They've now tweaked her character around, so she's not, you know, complete, she's not crazy. She's not fully crazy. She, what? She's like, I, I can I say tweener crazy? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, she's okay. like borderline. Yeah, so she, so like she's coming off in some promos like calm speaking coherently you know having those conversations before you know she just would just go ramble and just go completely crazy and just do whatever she wanted which was awesome but she's almost played like i don't like i don't even know how to describe it just uh, other than just like almost like a jekyll and hyde thing she's almost doing like that almost to an extent like a pretty girl like in the back and then when she gets in the ring she goes a little nuts everybody everybody's getting a little more comfortable here yeah Yeah. let's get comfortable take my my shirt off you know, wrestling tends to do this to me <laughs> yeah. when I lean back and start. You know, but uh, it's it's an interesting di- dichotomy with with Nikki Cross. I don't really know what they're doing with her. Yeah, At this I, point in juncture, I, I I don't agree with most of it, but I don't I don't know what they're. I don't doing think with they her. know what they're doing with it. I don't think they know. Yeah, I I, I have to agree 100. Yeah. percent Outside of like your top top guys, I don't think WWE knows what they're doing. Okay, going back to the Viking experience, I read something. I think it was Bleacher Report that said. The reasoning behind the name change was just because Vince just wanted to do it. That could be. That, that could yeah, also be quite a possible. Reason. Because I thought the same thing. Though I heard the war thing. I think on Bruce Pritchard's podcast, he yeah, talked about it's that. It's one of the. It's one of the words that they're they've banned yeah. a while ago. I mean, but but I don't know. Maybe he does, He is fond of changing everybody's uh, gimmick when they move to the main roster. So there's that. It's like Vince. Why do you, why do you it, want to do this? It, it's almost like he I wants care, to put, pal. he wants to put his Still. stamp of approval, even though Triple H is the one who's kind of developed and nurtured him and and, and raised him up. So like in that aspect, I, I guess I see it because Vince is you know obviously the 
the mastermind behind everything. Yeah. And he wants his hands on, you know, all the products going out that represent WWE. I get that, but it's also like, you know, it just feels like so forced and unneeded that it's like you don't realize what you have, but you want to put your stamp on it to get some credit for it. Yeah. The worst part about the women's Money in the Bank match, though, is this lackluster as hell. So you have Nikki Cross now, who's taking over for Alexa Bliss. You have Bailey, you have Natalia, you have Naomi, you have Carmella, you have Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, Ember Moon. So the favorite to win this match, I mean, I ended up picking Nikki Cross just because I don't know what they're doing with her, and, and I'm like, I don't it. I just don't know where they're going. The favorite to win this match is either Mandy Rose, who it looks like she's in line for a big push, yeah, or Dana Brooke getting bumped for a returning Sasha Banks. I. Or, uh, Gus, who you got on that? I do like Mandy Rose. That that is the favorite. Like that, that, that is makes the clear cut favorite. Yeah, at that, this point, and that makes sense out of all of them. I for some reason, I'm saying Dana Brooks going to win it. Don't <laughs> I, I'm serious. I know it sounds crazy, but she's been doing. What do you want? She 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 doesn't want a piece. She has been doing this this like resurgence, like you know, almost like give give Dana a chance. And they'll have they were doing give divas a chance way yeah, back when, yeah. but she's kind of inherited. Then she's like, I haven't gotten opportunities. I haven't done this. I haven't done this. And I thought, like in my opinion, they brought her up too early from NXT. Yeah. Oh, they and, did. And they and she was not ready. Like because when she was teaming with Emma down in NXT, like they were on fire and they were definitely. Well, Emma got hurt. Right. Yeah. And that ruined everything. Yeah. And then they just brought her up, and then she was what, like Charlotte. She was Charlotte's lackey. Yeah. For a while. Which I mean, yeah. and then she just never got out of it. And then she became the worldwide lackey as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I, I have this odd feeling that it's going to be just the, out of nowhere. The memo that's gone around and rumored to go around, but I mean, I've it's pretty much been confirmed by a lot of the talking heads slash people involved in WWE is that after last year, they feel like the money in the bank became very lackluster. So they're trying to restore prominence to money in the bank. Uh, to the briefcase itself, to being Mr. or Mrs. Money in the Bank. Because obviously, as we know, Braun Strowman had a real rough whatever with it the year before. Baron Corbin lost his Money in the Bank because he uh, got in trouble in the back. So they just punished him by getting rid of it quickly instead of it showcasing. Of course, last year, Alexa Bliss cashed in the same night. And it wasn't really to much fanfare. It was just like, oh, here, we need to take the belt off of Naya. Uh, Naya. Uh, so it was like one of those worthless changes because they didn't have to have the change. And it was too early, if you will, for Ronda Rousey. Mm. But they're saying that's what the the rumor is. But then I look at the card or, or all the people that are on uh, the women's one. And I go, well, unless they know something we don't know, which is possible. There's nobody on there where I'm like, man, except for Alexa Bliss before she got injured again. I, there's nobody on there where I'm like, man, they're going to bring prominence back to that money in the bank. On the men's side, there's a few names. Like You could actually technically have any of those guys win. I think it's too early for Ricochet, but you could technically have any of those guys win, and I'd be like, okay, I could see them having a money Sammy in the bank. Sami Zayn would be a lot of fun. Sami Zayn would be, especially because the promos he's cutting are amazing. Yeah. And if he wins by some kind of hooker crook thing where Braun Strowman wrecks everybody and he just sleezes his way up and wins it, that would I would pop huge for it. Let's, I still think Drew Mack's going over. Let me throw this curveball in for it. If Sammy does win, mm-hmm. and let's say Kevin Owens does beat Kofi for the title, how okay. much how much would it be absolutely crazy to see Sammy cash in on Kevin? Oh, I, I think that's where you go. Yeah. I don't think Kevin's winning. I think in the WWE Championship match, Kofi's going to go over. I don't think Kofi's going to be champion forever, but I think he'll carry the belt till SummerSlam. Kind of do like the Benoit trick where you you know you carry it to SummerSlam and then drop it to somebody there. Man, I was going to go really dark. Oh, nope, yeah. No, 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 I'm no, not no, going hey, to. Don't go that dark. Don't go, I that, won't dark. go that dark. But no. rounding, rounding out your title matches, I mean, you have AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins, which is a dream match anywhere. So that, yeah. match, that match alone will make, the, make it worthwhile to watch this pay-per-view. Was that too soon? 
Uh, yes and no, because I feel like they're going to get mileage out of probably getting those guys together a few times, and this will be a good opening time to get them together. I feel I, like coming out of the Superstar shakeup, the one cool thing would be this match, only because it was like, oh man, this is a dream match out of that shakeup. Yeah. So they had to do at least one, in my opinion. Yeah. So I, I feel like they made the right choice mm-hmm. because now, you, no matter what happens, you can always come back because nobody's going to get tired of seeing Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. I can guarantee that. Yeah. Right. That that could be a long year program if they want. They could. To. They could do multiple years if yeah. they want. I just feel like we're going to have a a BS finish. Probably as long as it's not another nut kick. I I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Like the whole thing with Shinsuke and then Daniel Bryan wins the same uh, way. It's like stop. No, because they're yeah. gonna keep they're gonna keep Seth as the white face baby face. They're, they're, he's gonna be white meat baby face all the way. So he won't. The only thing that could possibly happen that I I, I and I'm not giving much credence to, but there's a rumor out there is that uh, depending upon this deal that Brock Lesnar signed, whether Brock comes out and just wrecks both of them and resulting in a no contest. So you have a tremendous match. He comes mm-hmm. out, wrecks both of them call a day i could happen depend I, I nobody know. knows I, the details of the contract he signed i assume because he signed like a two-year deal that that means just three more appearances and all of them are saudi arabia that's what i assume i like lesnar but i'm done yeah oh I'm yeah tired of it. yeah i'm done i think people will, on. I, I will give this i think people will be all right with lesnar if he's out of the title picture if yeah. you use him as the attraction that he is and yeah. never give him the belt I think we'll be fine. I think if you start giving him the belt again, it's a bad news. But the biggest story, I think, of this pay-per-view before we switch gears is the fact that Becky Two Belts will be defending her belt not once but twice and potentially a third time. And I've called this as my pick that if, if you wanted to cash it in, it would be perfect. I would have her win three times. I would have, you know, she just beat Ronda Rousey in the, in the first ever women's main event of WrestleMania. You beat the baddest woman on the planet. That's how you're booking her. You come into this, you beat Charlotte Flair, you beat Lacey Evans, who nobody's high on anyways, as far as fans go, yeah. the office is, but nobody, no fans are. And then whoever wins money in the bank tries to cash in, she beats them just so she looks uber strong going forward because she's like, Steve Austin. It'd be like Bret Hart. Yeah. like mm-hmm. yep. and, and King of the Ring. Crowner. She's yeah. like the, like, and I, 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 the dichotomy, it finally hit me when we were on let 3FNW this past week was I started comparing the fact that we always hear the comparisons to Becky Lynch and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, obviously, they're two different characters, but yeah, there's certain like uh, grassroots. The yeah. fans want it. The machine's holding her back. That's the storyline. Well, you add in the fact that Charlotte Flair and their rivalry is actually really good and the fact that Charlotte's kind of the rock. Because remember when Rock and Austin were going at it, The Rock was the people's champion. Remember, he got the people's champion moniker because it was a corporate thing. It was a heel gimmick Mm -hmm. because they were pushing him. He was the machine's chosen one. And then you had Steve Austin, who was the fan's chosen one, and they were throwing every obstacle. So basically, they've done this now with two talented women, with Becky Lynch and Charlotte, and it's netting them money. Like, there's a very realistic uh, world where Becky Lynch main events another WrestleMania. Oh, without question. Even next year. Could go yeah. on last. By main event, I mean going on last. I'm not talking about you know the fact that there's 10 main events, allegedly. I'm talking about go on last, the one main event spot. Any real wrestling fan from back in the day, we all know there is only one main event, mm-hmm. and that is you can call it special attraction matches. I don't care. You can have yeah. five special attraction matches the on the card. Match. But the final match yeah. is the main event. The women main evented WrestleMania. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this year or next year the women don't main event WrestleMania again it, because Becky Lynch does not seem like she's slowing down. The crowd wants Becky Lynch. And does Ronda come back? Yeah. Uh, eventually, yes. I, I, I think that that's your main event next year, Becky and Ronda. Okay, so the so WrestleMania, I was just screaming up a storm in a negative way. Because I read something <laughs> I, I read something that made sense. When Asuka lost the belt, um, everyone was confused by that. 
And I read, I think it's probably Bleacher Report again, how Vince wanted all the WWE uh, four horsewomen to have the belts at the very end. That was like the last last shot of WrestleMania. Like Becky have a belt. Sasha and Bailey have the tag team belts. And Charlotte have a belt. And they were all going to stand in the ring together. I'm like, okay, that makes sense to me, and I like that reasoning. And that didn't happen. And I, I'm like, why didn't that happen? Or was that just... Three reasons that I think it didn't happen. Mind okay. you, this is my opinion, my opinion alone. Yeah. Uh, three reasons why I didn't think it happened. First of all, uh, it became too much money in the bank, <laughs> pun intended, for Charlotte and Becky. You can't have them be friendly because it's there's a lot of money to be made off of that feud. Okay. Uh, so that's the first thing. I think that got in the way. I think there was very much a play for it, but then you're like, well, we'd be dropping a lot of dollars to have them be friendly because if you remember after SummerSlam, it failed miserably yeah, when they tried to quick. do that again. So what they're going to do this time is we're going to avoid that at all costs. And it's money. It really is. Not to mention, too, I think they wanted to make Becky look super strong. Yeah. So, like, they know what they have. There hasn't been this reaction to a wrestler. Not male, female, either war. There really has not been a reaction for a sustained period of time like there has been for Becky Lynch since Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Think about it. There has She pops crowds like you would not believe. And you could say, yes, Kofi got the biggest pop at Mania. I was there live. He did. He got an amazing pop, especially when he, when he was coming out. The Kofi Mania chants were going. When he won, I have a video on my phone of the pop. It was amazing. But that was one night. And, yes, he's still getting a pop. He's not getting the Becky Lynch pop. Becky, all she has to do is walk out of the curtain and the crowd goes nuts. She's their biggest star, without oh, question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how did you survive 10 hours of WrestleMania? Uh, it was hard. <laughs> it was harsh. And, I, and I, outdoors, <laughs> it was cold. Uh, I'll be honest with you. It was an amazing experience. It was my yeah. first WrestleMania, so it was an amazing experience. I I wouldn't trade anything because I loved the section I was in. Represent, where were we sitting? We were, uh, we were in 331. So we were up top. Okay. But uh, So we didn't get bothered by the lights. So suck that one, people in the 200 <laughs> sections. Uh, they got they got the lights in their eyes. Actually, I could see very well from – even though it was that very high up, we could see very well. I mean, I watched a lot of the stuff to get real close on the screens. But I could still see the ring and still make out the people in the ring just fine. Yeah. Like, but, you know, if you want to watch close. Uh, the experience was amazing, man. The fact – the thing that hurt Mania is I think a lot of people thought the crowd was not into it. It was the sound. Uh, I'm watching it back because I have watched it back on video. I remember different than what it was because on video. On video, the sound does not is loud. When you were there in person, it was loud all the time, and it was in different sections. But because there's no roof, it just dissipated. But, yeah. like, literally, we couldn't hear the section, like, across from us, what they were chanting, but we knew they were chanting. We couldn't unmake it out. And just, like, for, for us. But every section was doing different chants. Yeah. And, yes, my section was the section that started the, the uh, wave. In during the <laughs> Roman Reigns match, uh, we almost made it around the full top. I'm just throwing that out there. If you could pull that off for Mania, that's always a good thing. Yeah. So I mean, but going into closing though for the segment, I mean, if we could say like one statement to describe the current state of WWE, what would you say? Uh, the current it's it's. I'm not going to use the the term. It's not it's not on life support. It's fine. They're obviously making a lot of money. They need to go back to the basics. So I think that where they are is they're trying to overachieve. Maybe that's the word I would use for them. They're overachieving in storylines. And that's been going on for the last, I don't know, what, good decade. Uh, they're going right to – I've always said that the best wrestling philosophy is the kiss 
method. Keep it simple, stupid. Mm. Uh, wrestling fans, think about the best wrestling angle that we've seen on WWE television was uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was simple. Yeah. It was he turned on me, then he comes back. Now we're feuding. He cost me my career. Then we still fight. It's amazing. But not even that. Like, uh, Tommaso Ciampa was hurt yeah. the whole time, and they kept. That, like, it kept it interesting. It's amazing. It, it goes back. And I think that what people confuse it with is that the Attitude Era, everybody thinks that everything was big and elaborate, and it wasn't. At the end of the day, it was very simple storylines in yeah. the Attitude Era, even. The ones that worked were simple stories. Like, Steve Austin against your boss. Everybody can, uh, you know, relate yes. to not wanting, liking their boss. Yeah. Uh, Steve Austin against The Rock, like I would said before. The chosen one, the guy. You've, we've all had a job where, you know, this guy is the, everybody's favorite, and you get the crap end of it, but you're the one that's the workhorse, and you have to work ten times as much, and you achieve way more than this guy, but he gets all the credit. Yeah. That storyline is ingrained with all of us, and that's what they're doing with Becky and Charlotte which there you go They're, they can be successful but then at the same token you have a throwaway s- set of events with Rey Mysterio and Samoa Joe yeah. that after you know I understand he was injured at Mania but after Mania you should have just said you know what 30 seconds why is there a return match at Money in the Bank I learned a long time ago in high school you know when you're in high school you write those term papers and you're writing like pages and pages and pages and you get to, like, the fourth page, and it's just nonsense after a while. Oh, yeah. And I learned from a teacher, less is more. And I've tried my best. You know, sometimes I fail to incorporate that with, you know, writing lyrics. Because I'll complicate things, and I'll overthink, and I'll add things that just unnecessary lines that don't need to be there. And it's less and more. Uh, less is more. And my the word that I would, th- you know, come up with, uh, WWE, inconsistent. Oh, yeah. There's no consistency with storylines and with, uh, you know, they'll just give up on a character mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Like, you know, after an audience will be like, we like this, and all of a sudden they're gone the next week? I agree. What I are agree, you doing, old man? Yeah. What are you doing? There's so many questions going on with it, too, and going into Money in the Bank. Hopefully something is, re- you know, resolved and maybe they go move forward and maybe the product kind of does a swing around. Because, like I said, the in-ring work has been great. But the storylines, except Ray Wyatt and Sami Zayn, have just been like all over the place. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys are doing a contest on 3FN? 3FNW, yes. We're doing a contest. Uh, go to our fa- – I mean, if you hear this time, go to our Facebook page. Or you can do it on Twitter. I mean, it'll be a little harder because of characters. Or send it to our email, which is 3FatNerdsPod uh, at gmail.com. Basically, just give us your picks for Money in the Bank. Uh, we're only doing the ones that were you know listed before. So if something surprise comes up and you put it in, that's fine. But it won't be counted. Uh, it's just the ones that we covered on the show. You can pick all of our picks. Now, if you tie or beat us – you will be you and anybody else who does it will be entered in. And this month we're gonna do we're gonna start doing it monthly. Actually, we might do two this month technically because I think we're gonna do something for all in as well. I just haven't announced or not all in double or nothing. Sorry, but I just haven't announced it yet. Uh, this time you would win two books. One is the Bruce the Barber Beefcake book. Yes. And the other is the Kamala book signed by Kamala. Nice. Both of those were given to us by Kenny Casanova, the guy who wrote those books. Awesome. So uh, I'm 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 very excited to give those away, and uh, we've got some entries already. So keep putting them in there, and like I said, you have a chance. And if you don't beat any of us or nobody ties us, then you know maybe the next one will get double the gift, double the fun. 
Or double or nothing, because that's what we're going to segue to <laughs> next break. You see how we did there? Oh, okay, you're so good. But before we go into break, because you can find that information, links to the 3FN Network on our hashtag 607 podcast, links on the com, as well as our music section, which we have walking distance on. And let's get into a little more walking distance to take us to break here. It's not your fault. I This is my one of my personal favorite songs that I wrote. It was one of those songs that... Uh, I figured out, all right, I can be more honest in a song. I can just open up a little bit more. And uh, this one I wrote pretty much for my friends, you know, that were concerned about, you know, what was going on with me in, in, uh, in my life and with, you know, me battling depression issues and, and other mental health issues. Um, you know, there was a time where things were going right and things were making sense. The wiring in my mind was uh, together. And all of a sudden, the chords were just slowly starting to get pulled out. And that's what kind of this song's about. And uh, I love performing the song. And it's just, it's one of those, just one of those songs I get lost in. And, and it's, uh, yeah, it's just one of my favorite songs. So this is It's Not Your Fault by Walking Distance. You are listening to the ODPH. Grab my hand Don't let me trip To the top place in the back of my mind If I go back a second time don't think I could walk out
That was It's Not Your Fault by Walking Distance here on a special edition of the ODPH podcast. We have Rich from 3FN joining us, and we're talk, still talking with Gus from Walking Distance. And we're going again with the pro wrestling talk because why not? We talked all about the WWE last segment, but we have to talk about that upstart company, formerly known as a t-shirt company, but hey, they got a network deal? Technically, they're still a t-shirt company until their first show, which their first show technically isn't double isn't until double or nothing. Right, but we got to talk a little AEW All Elite Wrestling. Now, Gus, what is your thoughts so far on AEW? Okay, so I listened to an episode of your podcast talking about, uh, you guys were talking about impact and er like everything. Mm. And here's my thing. I don't think they're trying to compete with WWE because you can't. You can't, and it's it's this, it's what um, messed up Impact, and it's what DC messed up with with Marvel. You can't compete with something that's been the uh, machine. Yeah, you can't, can't compete, compete with, with the, machine. the machine. So I, I love how they're just going to do their own thing and see what happens, and I, I you know just and taking the risk. Uh, but I don't like the whole. They're just a t-shirt company, but thing because you know we've seen with All In what they can do, the possibilities. But we'll we'll see. We don't know what they can do with a TV deal and, and a um, weekly show and and whatnot. But uh, I, I'm excited. This is it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. There are so many options. The defense for All In, and I mean, it's not an argument because I'll start off how I always start off. I hope that they do amazingly well. I will be watching. Yeah. I yeah. will be. I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the guys that are there. But there, I I be less than honest, especially because you know having knowledge of the working knowledge of the wrestling business. I'd be less than honest if I was like, oh man, I'm I'm drinking the Kool Aid everybody else is. Yeah. Because there is a lot of problems. The one thing I like is when they first came out. First of all, All In. I'll go back to All In real quick. All in, you can't judge on them, and that's why I say it's not their first show because that was also a Ring of Honor New Japan pro wrestling promotion. Okay, yeah. so yeah. it was multiple promotions. Yeah. Actually, Impact. There's a there, there, I forget. There was a couple Impact guys on there as well. MLW guys were on that show. Like literally, it was cross promoted across every indie platform, which is fine. I yeah. loved it. It was great. Yeah, All in was amazing. Double or Nothing really is their first show, and I'm sure that'll be amazing as well. I'm sure they're going to do a good job. That, that's that, that's I can't wait till next Saturday. We uh, for anybody who's in the 607 who doesn't want to pay the fifty dollar charge, but we'll get to in a minute. We are having a watch party at Dragon Master Games. Three uh, FNW is hosting it. So 1235 Upper Front Street, Binghamton, New York, Dragon Master Games starting at 7 p.m. I think is when the pre-show is on. Uh, forgive us if uh, there's still people playing Magic the Gathering because it's a, it's a game shop. It's our sponsor store. But we are having uh, – uh, everybody's invited. Please come by. BYOB. It doesn't matter if, you, if you're if you if drinking alcohol. Please be over 21 because, uh, you know, obviously. But if you're not drinking alcohol, we're, uh, they, they do have uh, non-alcoholic drinks for sale, but you still have to purchase. Uh, but that's what we're doing for that. And I'm sure it's going to be a great time. Uh, however, I I really the, the t-shirt company thing is a fun thing that I just like running with because it, it was funny when people brought it up. Yeah, and and they've done very well in the t-shirt market. Don't get me wrong, they've made a lot of money. Oh, yeah. uh, but it's not making the full investment back. The smartest thing that they did was when they first came out, they came out guns a blazing, and they really were having a very strong rhetoric about how they were going to take out WWE pretty much. And then they, I think, reality set in the high of like we're doing this. 
came down and they went, oh, let's be smart about it. And the rhetoric really quick changed to being we're on alternative. We're not competition. We're not going to you know run against them. Uh, they didn't do anything WrestleMania weekend. None of their guys were, were in New York, the, the main guys, I should say, because some of the other talent that is signed to them wrestled WrestleMania weekend on smaller shows. But no Cody, no Young Bucks, no Kenny. They didn't wrestle for a good reason. And it was fine. You don't want to take that shot. Because then, you know, any perceived shot is going to be retaliation from WWE. If you throw rocks at the at the throne, you're going to ask for, to get crushed. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened to Impact. Uh, you are going to have a lot of guys who are indie fans. You're going to do well. TNT is a huge, this is huge. AEW on TNT in the fall is going to be huge. That's a big time network. It's bigger than any other company has been on since WCW. And that was the network that WCW was on. Yeah. Uh, I am a little leery of the fire that they use. They use like the, the old nitro it, promo it, it, pretty it looked, much. It looked like they rehashed the old nitro <laughs> in the beginning. This, yes. At first, because I mean, the rumor is it's going to be called Tuesday Night Dynamite. Yes, because that's what they trademarked. Right. But that's going to be coming out in the fall. So, I mean, AEW is going to be doing a couple more shows before they go to the weekly show. Uh, technically, they should be doing – they're doing Double or Nothing. We already know the next two shows because uh, there's the, the – one in Jacksonville. The one in Jacksonville, and then there's the one at the Con in Daytona Beach. And then I don't know. It depends on when that show is. September is slated for all in two or all out or whatever they're yeah, calling it. Yeah, it's got it. kind of a funny name it's to up, it. It's 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 they haven't completely got, but that's that's uh, it's happening in September. So there's a possibility the TV show doesn't start until October, due to sweeps and you know that's yeah. it's just it's not there. That's what network television is. That's why we had to wait for it to be announced. It could either launch in September or October. Nobody's sure. I don't even think they know yet. Uh, but they, either way, it's going to launch. Uh, I do believe two hours is what I'm hearing. Uh, that wasn't made abundantly clear in the uh, uh, press release. It was said that they were going to be given time. Also, we know that all their streaming stuff is going to be on BR Live, so Bleacher Report. I enjoy what Bleacher Report does, but Bleacher Report is also a Warner Media Group, so that's why it's going to be on there. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, that's an easy outlet for people to get. It is also going to be on pay-per-view, regular pay-per-view, and the price point is $50, uh, which has been some backlash on the Internet. It, okay, let me just jump in on this one, though. See, this, I understand people are kind of flipping out about that it's like, it's quote unquote so much. But if you think about it too, WWE Network has kind of spoiled wrestling fans. I've been saying that for a while. Yeah. For, you know, the subscription, you get all the pay-per-views. But if you want to flip it to the UFC, which, I mean, we cover a lot on the ODPH, that it's usually about 70 bucks for a pay-per-view. I was going to say, I spent plenty of time in this particular area of the studio yeah, watching the, UFC with you. Uh, and yes, there. And I mean, thankfully, we we bypassed that the same way. I hope to bypass it with other things. Exactly. That I watch parts. I had said that on the three FNW episode, just rehashing that. Get together with people. Chip in. Support. Yeah. The best yeah. thing you can do for them is support. The reason why it's fifty dollars, and I'm going to explain that, is because they don't know how many buys they're going to get. Right. Therefore, they have to maximize their dollar. This is a very expensive undertaking. This is not cheap. Uh, you can't come out of the gates like people think that they can and have a WWE network. What would you put on it? What would you put on the AEW network right now? You can't use all in because you're licensed to Ring of Honor in New Japan, and they're not going to allow you. So, therefore, there'd be nothing. So, you would be paying $10 a month to get this one, and then the next one, and then the next one, and there would be nothing to do other than that, or maybe put Being the Elite and stuff on there, but you can already get that for free on YouTube. Right. Yeah. Now, the only the only thing I was going to say is you might, and this is a might, be able to work out a deal like P- PWG. And get some stuff on there. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe, but, but that's that's stretching. But that's stretch. That with high spots. Right, yeah, that's right. the thing. You, yeah. you, it'd be a stretch to do. It's, it's a stretch, and that's why I'm saying 
the, the defense for that, the reason why there's a WWE network is because a Vince has the largest library of wrestling. There's if, even if you didn't want to watch the new stuff, you, everybody in this room and, and listening right now, who's a wrestling fan, I guarantee would have the network because just all the stuff that's on it is worth having it. Yeah. The fact that I can watch wrestling history, all of the WCW stuff, all of the WWE stuff, all the way back to WWF, even all the ECW stuff, the fact that it's all right there and curated, some of the AEW stuff, some of the WCCW stuff, like everything is there. And that's why Vince bought all those libraries. Some of the best things that I've done recently was just watching old WrestleManias. Not even just the whole WrestleMania, just picking certain matches and just Mm -hmm. going back and just being nostalgic. Right. And that's it. The network is perfect for that and, and and if you think about it, the price point of the network may or may not go up uh th- i've heard levels in the fall but even at 50 even if i paid 15 dollars an hour which is the only rumored going up and you should still get a 9.99 level i would pay 15 dollars a month for the network because a all the v- value you're getting from the pay-per-view yeah. eventually yeah that's the money winner right there eventually aew if it's successful and this is this is why you need to make it successful might get to that level where they have a network or a streaming service where you can get it cheaper uh, but to get there, we have to make them successful. So this is why I've, I, I made the call, and I'll do it on here too so more people, everybody can hear this. Support, support, support. I don't care if you have to do watch parties. I don't care if whatever. Buy it. Do not steal the feed because every one of those buy rates is going to matter to them. It's not like WWE where buy rates don't matter because it's on the network and they don't even do pay-per-view anymore. Or even before then, they were the machine, and even if you stole it, there were still 2 million people buying the pay-per-view. We might not get that many people buying this pay-per-view. So this is going to be a buy rate is going to mean something to them because we want to keep this company in the hands of the people who are currently curating it because I think that's where it's going to be better successful because if not it's going to fall into the hands of the people who ruined WCW because if the worst case scenario happened Warner Media would probably have to take over that company and we've seen what they did in the past and the finger poke of doom Uh, just don't hire Vince Russo uh, (laughs) Vince Vince Russo has been a part of some of the worst stuff but some of the best stuff because his shoot his shoot on Hogan at Bash at the Beach when Jeff Jarrett laid down was the best thing ever yeah, I mean, the best thing ever. WCW has moments, but just to go into it with AEW is they need to kind of, you know, carve their own niche in the market. And what is going to be the difference than WWE? I think with all the indie talent they have essentially now under the roof, I mean, it's a good comparison against NXT because that is going to be your next Marvel versus DC, so to speak. Yeah. Because it's, it's going to be, okay, now you have your platform. You can do whatever you want in a, in a certain aspect for AEW. And. I- Oh, sorry. I got two opinions. And I'm sorry to cut you off. Two opinions, though, because it goes with it, because I kind of want to hear your guys' take on this. Okay. Because I asked it on my show, I kind of want to hear this take. So inside, tucked inside that press release was not just like the stuff about BR Live and not just the stuff about Warner Media. Tucked into that press release was also the fact of a few things that they are going to be doing in AEW. One of them was kind of considered a shot at WWE because the wording, I, I don't have it in front of me, so the wording escapes me, but the wording was pretty much, uh, we are going to base this on an athletic competition where things matter, uh, wins and losses matter, and it will be less soap opery. Uh, what is your take on that, and what do you read into that before I give my take? I think what I read into that is the storylines are going to be as complex as, like, let's say the Braid Wyatt one right now, yeah. that is very, I don't want to say supernatural esque, but his characters kind of had that Undertaker. He's the New Age Undertaker. You could just basically say it. Yeah, he's had that kind of aura around him. Yeah. I think with AEW, it's going to be more traditional storylines. I think that, yeah, they are going to make a focus to make it 
I have a have a modern retro feel, if that makes sense. That it's going to seem like when we were all growing up in the '80s. That this is where okay, if you want to match, you go on and you become the number one contender, and then you work your way up the ladder, and this is where the wins and losses would matter. Right. I think that you're going to see less of the Undertaker type storylines, and it's going to be more bare bones basics with a modern twist on it. That's the way I read into that. Right? Are we going to get rest than penis? Are we going to get that? Well, right now, now the whole Joey Ryan thing is so convoluted because of the Lucha Underground situation. Well, he's now a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. I hope so, because there was so there's all that the the Lucha Underground stuff was just a mess, man. Everybody got stuck in there. People being held hostage. It was was, it's crazy. Is Evil East in NXT now? Uh, had a tryout. She had a tryout. Had a tryout so out. I'm assuming, I'm assuming her way out of the mach- uh, out, her way out of Lucha Le- Underground would probably be through WWE because WWE doesn't care about their contract. Yeah, okay. and that, 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 there's other people who have made that move too. Like Impact, they don't care about Lucha Underground. Contracts. Yeah, I mean uh, the Lucha thing is just getting worked on in its own right, and yeah. it's just like an, based on individual case. So, but I, as far as I know, I think Eva Lee's got her release from Lucha. So now she's last I heard she was getting a trial from NXT. Okay, and then Joey Ryan was supposed to be making an announcement next week, I, I believe, as we're oh, recording. Hope so. hope so. Stay away from WWE. No, I, oh, well, I there's, there's no way. He'll be way. circumcised. There, yeah. <laughs> they, will, they will circumcise him. I, I don't see him going there by any means. I just I don't see that. If anything, I would imagine he would go to AEW because right. I think that they, they understand with his gimmick and yeah. his presentation, they know what they're getting, so it's not going to be reinventing the wheel. They're going to just bring him in and go, okay, what do you want to do? And but, go from there. But, you know, the weird part is if you ask me uh, when this all started about the whole Barty Skrull thing, like it's kind of weird that he's not around considering his contract was up with Ring of Honor in April. Well, I think they're bringing, planning on bringing him in. Uh, but they're still doing storyline stuff outside with Ring of Honor, with NWA, with New Japan that all involves – like currently he's over there wrestling in the best of Super Juniors. Right. He's so underrated. Oh, he is. He's amazing. Oh. I mean, I'm assuming eventually he'll be an AEW. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. I just think it's weird that his contract was up and that was what was holding him back, but yet he hasn't made the move. And I understand, you know, things going on. Of course, uh, we'll get into uh, some things, getting takes on that, but there's one other thing that attached to the wins and losses that I want to get. So they've also attached to that. They said that they're going to be the first wrestling company in the history of wrestling to keep statistics. And what are your feelings about statistics in wrestling? Because here's, I'll tell you mine before I before I jump in. Because I'll give you this. Because you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head with the, the, what I thought about the other stuff. But I, I feel like when you keep statistics, one of the nice things about wrestling fans is that we have a short memory. Not in that we don't remember things. Because I'm an encyclopedia of things that happen in wrestling. I can tell you mm. names, storylines, and stuff that most people forgot. Even things that are tried to be buried. Mm. Uh, but if we have a memory like I, I'll give it an example from now, Kurt Hawkins. Yeah. Kurt Hawking spent the better part of over a year losing 249 times, and then he has a big win at Mania, and the crowd forgot that he was basically a jobber for 249. By, by choice, by the way, a jobber for 249 days, yeah. which I think we need enhancement talent. If you are constantly giving statistics, though, would you ever believe that, first of all, in AEW, if you were given that statistic, he would never have gotten that shot because you go by wins and losses getting a shot, right? Mm-hmm. So he would have never gotten that shot. So it would take that real underdog story. And that being there live, even though it was on the pre-show, that was a legit pop. People were excited to see him win and him and Broski win the, the tag titles. 
uh, because a you know New York uh, you know was cheap pop there anyways. But b you were invested in the fact that this man hadn't won in two hundred and forty nine days. So when he finally does, you're like you feel like you're on the mountaintop with him because you know let's face it, life you're not ever you know you're not winning all the time in life. We all understand that. Yeah. Uh, once again, basically, so you kind of take that away with doing wins and losses, and statistics will always rub that in your face. That's the only thing I'm kind of leery about with what they're doing. We'll see how they do it. I have to see it in practice before I can really judge. But I, I don't know. What's your take on that? I think it kind of bogs some things down, possibly. If it's used for storyline, then it's fine. But I, I feel like in pro wrestling, it just – it never mattered. Mm-hmm. It, it was just, you know, you got to just – it's always been get from A to B. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. whatever happens in between. So I don't know. I – if you less is more, uh-huh. don't complicate this. Yeah, I agree. See, my my take on this is like how I personally interpret the UFC rankings. They're there just to say they're there, but they don't mean a thing. And this is what I what I mean by this. A lot of times you see the UFC will make matches that maybe not have the number one contender up there for for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously they do the best fight available with the fighters that are available to fight. Absolutely. I sense they're going to do the same thing here because there's some fighters that have not been fighting for a while, but they're still ranked in the top 15. And I agree with you. I, I think you're right. Keep going. Yeah, and I think that once you look at it, I think it will give a legitimacy, I guess, to some fans that really want to see the statistics matter. But I think at the end of the day, it's not going to really matter for wins and losses. I think if it was going to have that much of an impact, I don't think it would go over as well. I think it's going to give some sort of legitimacy to mainstream fans that maybe want to are going to jump in and see, okay, this is a new product. I have never seen wrestling before. What is this? Oh, okay, this guy is 3-0. and or she is two one and one, and and you know, well, how does this match up, and where does this go from here? That's where I sense it going. I mean, it's going to be a nice you know piece to add to the puzzle. If, not if they it use it that way, that's great. I agree. But I mean, if they go strictly like and go too far into it, you can take a lot away from it. Because I mean, I even think back when I was younger, like think about Barry Horowitz and when he got his first win. Yeah, oh. that was exciting. Like you, you got it. There's certain moments in wrestling where that underdog wins, and you're just like, this is why I watch wrestling. Pat yourself you, on the back. I think that's why Kofi Kingston's pop at Mania was so large because although we kind of guessed that that was the direction they were going at the same time he was the underdog nobody really thought that he was going to ever be wwe champion and here we are in this wonderful moment where he beats a guy who was at one point in juncture in the same exact boat as him yeah it's the exact same storyline almost yeah in the big store in the biggest event of the year you know, this is WrestleMania moment beyond WrestleMania moment when you hit the hoist that belt above your head. And I just worry that if you go too much, like if they do what you said, and that's why I'm interpreting it almost the same, but once again, I have to see it in action before I judge it, judge mm-hmm. it. But if you go too much, like where it really, really matters, you're going to lose some of those moments. And I think that they'll, one of two things will happen. Either they'll double down and stick to their guns on it, or if that was to happen, I think they would start to slide off of that rule. And that's the nice thing. you got you got to do ebb and flow with things. you got to figure out where it's going to be. Right. Here's the thing. We we know what pro wrestling is. We know what it is. It's 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 a, uh, it's a play. Mm-hmm. It's a play for adults uh, and, I guess, kids. But we know it's scripted. We know. We know. So if you're going to add all the, all the stuff that you – having i hate using the word real but you know boxing or ufc or it's like 
you know what it is, man. Like, you don't have to do that. Unless, just make me feel, just make me feel something. Make me feel mm-hmm. the stakes. It, that's all I want. Like, w- with the Kofi match, eventually it's like, we felt it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. F- just make me feel the moment. I'll, you know? I'll give you a better example, too. Take it back a couple years ago when the Shield was on fire. Uh-huh. The original run. Yeah, yeah. And it was the Rhodes family versus the Shield who got put together out of nowhere. Okay. And couldn't be a tag team. And they were going to have to break up. And, I mean, the Shield is just, you know, taking them to town every night. Mm-hmm. And then that final moment when Dusty came out with Cody and, and Dustin and they came out to his music and it was like if they lost, they are all getting fired. Mm-hmm. And just that whole emotion. Well, where was that team ranked prior to – yeah. That oh, match. It, it had to be in the toilet. Yeah. It's if just, you're going by a ranking system, yeah. Right, because out of nowhere, you, this team has a title shot, but nobody's complaining Nobody because it's the moment. And we as wrestling fans know, yeah, the outcome is scripted. The action is real, though. Oh, yeah. yeah there's no way to say that. But if you know it's a scripted you know, storyline, you have an idea, okay, this is not going to be followed right to the letter. I mean, statistics are great and rankings are great, but at the same time, you, when you try blurring the lines, you're going to tick off an, a part of your audience, yeah. and they're going to tune right out. So I think AEW is going to teeter this line, if mm-hmm. if at anything. But yeah, uh, you know, and actually, can, we're going to. I will switch gears here because I, I want to talk about Double or Nothing, just because I I will be talking about it in the next episode of Three FNW because obviously they'll come out before it, and uh, we uh, we we plan on doing a lot with that. Where Derek is very much against uh, AEW. He's very much been vocal about how he thinks that they'll be out of business in six months. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't believe that. And I told him, you know, with contracts in place, they can't be. But there's some interesting stuff going on at Double or Nothing. And, and the first thing that I'm going to bring attention to, because we might as well just jump into the big fish here, is Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho, which they've had a ter- an interesting build to. Uh, unfortunately, I, I wasn't a huge fan of their match in New Japan. And it feels like the, the second one, I'm not really like feeling that this was the best showcasing, if you will. I understand why you're doing it. You're taking your biggest star. You're taking your top guy, which is Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Don't be mistaken about that. And you're putting it against a guy who's proven in the business in Chris Jericho. But I just don't see where the intrigue is there because I really don't foresee Jericho winning. And not only don't I foresee that happening, Jericho has let kind of let himself slide as far as being in shape and stuff to keep up with somebody like Omega. Okay, have you seen the recent video? Oh, I, 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 he's amazing I, on the mic. But no, like the no the workout one. Out, like he he looks oh. fantastic right now. Right. And I think I, I've heard him talk about that match. I think with Omega mm. on his podcast, uh, the New Japan uh, match, and it was. That whole that whole card was just it was long it was a long oh, yeah. long card so everyone was doing everything that they wanted to do and they were like all right how do we you know we can't just do the same moves we can't do the same spots so it had to be all right we got to do a brawl we we have to have a brawl that's just going to change no, things up I was fine with that yeah um, I think it's they're too when it comes to wrestling the. Those guys are brilliant and they're intelligent. Mm-hmm. So I think something it, they're gonna give us something. Um, 
hopefully it is better than the New Japan oh, match. Oh, I, I agree. The other problem with the New Japan match is obviously we get to compare it to Okada Omega all day. Yeah. Yeah, and you that's, can't that's, do that's, that. That's the, sad, that's the yeah. sad part about it. I mean, that's that. I mean, I, I'm guilty of it, but I'm just saying it's. it was weird when they announced this as a match. I was just like, eh. I was more excited about the tag team match than I was about that. But I, I will say this. The one thing that I've been forewarning AEW fans, and I, or not even fans, or forewarning fans, period of, is that I hope it doesn't happen this way, but please believe Kenny Omega is the top guy. He is he is the Roman Reigns, if you will, of of oh AEW. God, so no. when people start <laughs> when people start getting fed to him, I, I I give it I give it time, but I'm telling you, somebody who's comes up through that people really like, and I used it as an example. I don't think it will be this person, but like a Sammy Guerva might capture the hearts of all the fans, and then he's going to get fed to. Kenny Omega and people are going to be upset about it eventually. And I'm like, just prepare yourselves to be upset. And it doesn't mean anything because Kenny Omega should be on top. It's the same argument that I'll make for, you know, Seth Rollins and AJ Styles being on top. Mm. If you're the best wrestler on the show, you should be on top. Right. And that's just how it works. See, I understand why they made this match. And this is the way I, when I first heard it announced, I go, okay, this makes sense. And to touch upon what everybody's mentioned thus far, Kenny Omega is the guy in AEW. He is the top wrestler bar none. But if you're trying to attract new viewers to your product, because let's face it, everybody that knows Kenny Omega has this date circled. Everybody's going to watch the pay-per-view one way or another. Absolutely. But for fans that are just strictly the diehard WWE fans, to get them to pay attention, you have Chris Jericho, who we all know from his lengthy runs in the WWE, well-established, one of the GOATs of all time. Oh, absolutely. For, to put him on the card, that's going to attract somebody that wasn't originally going to look at this card. And that's going to make them go, okay, I want to check this out to a, to a small degree. I, how many people watched that first match, too? It's well, like quite a, quite a well, uh, the, uh, the carryover between the two, quite a few that will be watching Double or Nothing. Well, like trying, like you have to get the New Japan Network. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I don't know, you need a 999 a, a yen to, to get it. <laughs> oh, it's easy. You just go, you just go on their website. It's 999 yen, which works out, <laughs> which actually works out to be. I think it was like eight, because I, I, I have it. It's like eight eighty six a month. And then American. eventually, and you know, I don't know who owns or has uh, access TV on their uh, on their. Well, locally, I don't think anybody does. Yeah, if you have Direct TV, because I yeah, I if, you have, if you have Direct oh, TV, Direct TV, you do. But so like, I think that plays an effect too. It's like how many people did watch that match? It's like there could be new eyes to that match. Oh, yeah. as well. So, and but, yeah, that, that was where I was going with that, too. You're going to have new eyes here because you want to try establishing some stars that the mainstream audience knows. Because like we say, we all watch indie wrestling. We all watch yeah. Impact, New Japan, but, and so forth. But here's this is the argument that I'm going to make here because this is actually kind of one of the things I, I, I've been thinking about lately. I, if I was booking this card, would have changed it. I would have done Chris Jericho versus Heyman Page and Pac versus Kenny Omega. I feel like Pac versus Kenny Omega, A, you get the fact that Neville was in WWE, so people do recognize him. B, he's phenomenal and at the top of his game right now, unbelievable to beat Kenny Omega, possibly. Mm. And this way you could get that big match you need to come out of the gate. And then you could build Jericho, and then Jericho could beat a Hangman Page. It's not going to really affect Hangman Page's career to lose to Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like I feel like I almost feel like that that's just my booking. But I I'm all right with it. Obviously, I'm gonna be a fan either way. Because I think Hangman Page will do a great job with Pac as well. Oh, I that, do like that though. That, that, I, yeah. 
I like your opinion on that one. That I think that that would have been especially because if you wanted, to, if you got to go all out, look at this card. I mean, I'm just gonna skip some things we can talk about. Yeah, but like I down. just said, Hangman Page versus Pac is on this card. Kenny Omega versus Jericho is on this card. The Young Bucks defending the AAA Championship. Uh, versus the Lucha Bros is on this, which will be phenomenal. Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes. Once again, Cody Rhodes, for the second time that they've gone out, all in to double or nothing in the emotional match of the night mm-hmm. because the build to this has been phenomenal. Dustin Rhodes showing everybody why he's phenomenal on the microphone. Mm-hmm. This build did not disappoint me at all. So you have just with that, that's your top guys pretty much on this card as far as, and I'll get into the other ones, but those, with those top matches, if you flopped, that around like i said before i feel like this would be the strongest card ever in the fact and i know they're trying to build the pock because i think pock and uh pock is teaming with a couple guys to take on uh, the young bucks and kenny omega at the the daytona show i believe so i do believe i can't remember who off the top of my head sorry but i do believe it's the elite versus them so i i do believe they're going to build the pock and I, I i would assume pock versus uh omega will probably take place at all into all out whatever they're calling it because yeah. they haven't been too specific, but I mean this undercard. I I love the idea of the casino ba- uh, the casino battle royale. Yeah, I love this fact that it's going to be four groups of five coming into the ring, and then whoever draws the Joker cards number twenty one, and the winner gets a shot at the a or at the AEW World Title when whoever's decided to be on that. I love that, and uh, the fact that the belt was there when they made the announcement, but covered, so nobody's seen the belt still, but the belt exists and it's there. Is, is kind of cool. I don't know if somebody's going to, I don't know if that belt's going to be on the line at this show at all. I don't know if the, the, the last minute we're going to find out that maybe Omega Jericho's for that belt. I thought, and I could be wrong about this, I thought it was Paige and Pac for that belt. Now, I, yeah, I, I could, could be. be yeah. I could, could be. be wrong. So it could be, but it's not. I don't see on their official release even it doesn't say that. So I, I, I'd be all right with that too. I'm just saying, even though in, in that case, well, you're, when we were talking about the strongest match, the strongest match for that belt would be Omega Jericho. And then I can see Jericho winning. Yeah. Mm. That's the funny part. If the belt was on the line, I can see Jericho winning probably by nefarious means, but I can see him winning because I can see having him be your first champion and not giving the belt to Omega. So that way, even though he's your top guy, he has to make a little bit of a climb. Yeah. And of course, because Jericho's not going to take that fight back. Jericho's like, okay, well, we're going by records here. You're 0-1-1. I'm 1-0. I don't have to fight you. And you know that would be kind of something sniveling that, that Jericho he would He would do. so do it. Just and like- I love thinking that that could happen. But if it's Paige against Pac for the belt, that's also great because if Pac takes the belt and you do build towards Omega, Pac at all in, all out, to all out, whatever, you're, you, that would be great. It's great to see the growth of Adam Page. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just – you know, I heard him also on, uh, I think it was Jericho's podcast, his backstory with, I think, his family being in the circus. Yeah, he's got it's a, just, it's a unique great one. backstory. And just seeing him where, he, where he's come from with ROH and to now, it's just, it's phenomenal. Yeah, you're talking about somebody that just really has taken advantage of the opportunities given to him and just really worked his way up. and Just is, a good dude. Yeah, too. I mean, yeah, you, you can't help yourself but just root for him. Yeah. Just oh, yeah. with everything going on. And and like I say, I think that's going to be the main event. And just to kind of touch upon what you're saying, I don't think you could have came out with this card doing Omega versus Pac. My only reason with that, and I'm just sticking to you're trying to get a bigger audience, who is a bigger star in WWE? 
Jericho. Oh, Jericho. Jericho right. Yeah. So I think, like I said, I think this one is just based on, okay, we got to make our best impression. Let's get the most biggest names and the yeah. biggest matches we can. But I do think, though, down the road. And we it, get it, there. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. We yeah definitely, we're, definitely, we're definitely going that direction. Yeah. yeah. But Hangman Page, I, I, the argument there is that Hangman Page and Jericho, especially if you put a belt on the line, if you will, that could be a case where you make that kid no matter what. Yeah. Because even if he loses the match to Jericho, you can still be like, man, he put up a fight against one of the greatest of all time. Right. So it makes the kid. And I'm not saying Pac won't. Pac's an amazing in-ring worker. I'm sure he'll make Hangman Page look like a million bucks. But I just think that there, there's something about me I thought. Of. But even the undercard looks strong. I mean, you have – talking about female wrestling, you have Aja, you have Aja Kong involved in the six-man. I'm not even going to try to name all of the uh, Japanese wrestlers who are in this six-man tag match because I cannot uh, manage to do other names. But Aja Kong is a legend. If you don't know who she is, check her out. Uh, the fact that that's on the card, also with a four a triple threat match. Sorry, I thought it was a four way for me. Yeah. But the triple threat match with uh, Doctor Britt Baker, Kylie Ray, and Nyla Rose. There you go. And that's it, an incredible match. Oh, that's an incredible match. Also, you're going to get some. You know, you get the controversy there a little bit because you know Nyla Rose being the first trans women's wrestler. Uh so it's 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 a little bit of an opening up. Uh so but I mean it's just good good press and in pro wrestling I'm going to save the argument for anybody at home uh, there it's pro wrestling. They can it's fine, okay? <laughs> I don't want to get into that whole go down the road where people I love the fact that the best friends got a match instead of being on in the battle royale as they were upset about it. And how they've been building on that in BT. Oh yeah, or absolutely. BTE rather. And, and, and especially because Angelico and uh, Jack Evans, oh. like talk about talk about signings that came out of nowhere. That yeah. I was like, I saw, heard them, and I was like, thank you. This is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. And then of course you have the uh, the uh, Chinese uh, tingent uh, led by uh, Sema first in SoCal uncensored. So SCU. Yeah, I mean from top to bottom, this is a great card. Scorpio Sky. Oh, yeah. I love Scorpio Sky. Phenomenal. Yeah, and his and his return to Russell Circus this past week. Oh, amazing! Uh, I love Scorpio Sky, but there's there's tons of good stuff on this on this uh, roster. Yeah. I mean, even the pre-show, Sammy Guevara versus Kip Saban, two young guys up and coming. I feel like I, I feel like that could be uh, a make or break moment for those guys, especially getting a spotlight. Uh, I also think that uh, you're going to end up running into uh, the, the 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 battle royal is going to steal the show again because yeah. the the over budget battle royale on all in was amazing and this casino ba- this key, casino battle royale looks great and there's tons of names in it like guys who mean a difference i mean mjf's in it and they're and they're building him as something in this company you know there's there's a lot of guys and let me just say this would you not doubt seeing a john moxley or a barney scroll well that's where i was going to go into i i think that we're going to get a the, the bucks are teasing it and i do believe we're going to get a big surprise I don't know what the surprise is. Uh, I'm assuming it might be Moxley. Uh, the only thing that makes me think it might not be Moxley is is it seems like he's uh, interested in being a free agent for a little bit, according to his re- you know verbiage. But all yeah. that can change. Yeah, it could be uh, all smokescreen. You know, it could all be a smokescreen. But once again, he could he could also mean it because you know it seems like for his reasoning of leaving WWE is a little strange because he was in a top spot. And he just didn't like the direction. So I feel like it's more of an artistic freedom. So I don't know if he has the the taste in his mouth. I've also heard that rumor being tossed around that Impact might be uh, knocking on his door. And I think Impact, in my opinion, the most exciting thing for me in the world would be for him to sign with Impact because that means we can see on a major national level a Sammy Callahan versus John Moxley feud, which we saw in CZW and it was phenomenal. And in, in Impact, they will let them do kind of a deathmatch style because we've seen it with Pentagon and, and Sammy. Yeah. My Lord, that take my money now, all of it. Yes. Okay, so 
So that's why for jealous for for selfish wrestling fan wants. I hope he goes to Impact for just that reason. Can we just say, just in, in, for closing, though, I mean, how great is it that we are now seeing indie wrestling and just the emergence of other companies oh, it's in, in this dawn right now with MLW and Impact, which, I mean, we haven't even really touched upon, too. I mean, their pay-per-views are have been phenomenal. They're hitting grand slams at Impact since they – I mean, yeah, they're not on national te- – well, they're on television, but they're not on national television anymore. They're mostly going off at Twitch, which is fine. But they're, they're programming – Top notch. They have the top female wrestler in the world outside of Becky Lynch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, with uh, Tessa Blanchard, killing it, killing it. They have Sammy Callahan who resigned, which yeah. surprised a lot of people. People thought that Callahan was either going to go back to the machine or go to AEW, and instead he resigned with Impact and doubled down. You know, I I wouldn't be surprised because of the friendship and everything if you didn't see a John Moxley in Impact. They have a shot. I'm not saying I'm, I. I still think that he's going to be the surprise at double or nothing. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't count out having a shot. Will he physically be there, or will it be like a Jericho in New Japan? Will it just like a. I think if 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 he makes the impact, and if they're smart, which they usually are, yeah. Uh, I think that he has to interfere in a match. Mm-hmm. There is three matches that he could interfere in. One of them, uh, and and I'm going to go in order of uh, likelihoods. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hangman Page and Pac, reason being just because it's a big high-profile match. Yeah. Two, Omega Jericho. And the reason why is it could be a way for Jericho to win and get Mox tons of heat. The most likely one that I think, because of the emotion, Rhodes versus Rhodes. And he shows up to screw Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes representing WWE, if you will, and Cody representing the new era. And he's now siding there. It would make sense. And I think that that's a good way to put Cody over as a heel because this company needs a clear-cut heel. I mean, Jericho is. They need another one. Yeah. And Cody Rhodes is a phenomenal heel. And the only way you're turning him heel is if you do something really, really messed up. Right. And Dustin Rhodes is loved so much that that would be the spot. And I don't think you're going to get the – he might be able to. Cody's talented, beyond talented. But I don't know how easy it's going to be just in a one-on-one match to get that heat. But if he has somebody screw his brother for him to win, oh, the heat's there. Yeah. Not to mention he's the office. Ah, oh, the heat. That's why I think that's the most likely. But I also would say the Omega Jericho thing is a possibility. Another good way for Jericho to win a match and then go, ha, 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 I beat you. I'm not fighting you again because our records don't match. And also a way to get him established and put him right in a top-tier match with Kenny Omega eventually. And that would be a different style for Omega to wrestle because Moxley wrestles a, a particular brand, especially if we're going back to indie Moxley in, in opposed to WWE Dean Ambrose. There's just so many different ways to go with it. I mean, it's going to be a great week for wrestling and a great week, too, with the show coming up because this Sunday, as we said, Money in the Bank is happening. Mm-hmm. May 23rd, the big walking distance show down at Galaxy, and then May 25th, Double or Nothing. I was going to point out Double or Nothing, CM Punk. Yeah, I mean. Let's just do it. Un- under a mask. <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to point this out. I, I've said this a million times. And I'm going to say it on here. And I don't know. I, trust me. It's not a, a rumor that he's going to be there because I don't think he is. Yeah. But if I'm the Khan family and I want this to go off without a hitch, buy. Buy all out. Buy the time you hit TV. Give that man whatever he wants. Whether it's $5 million, whether it's $10 million. I don't care if it's $10 million a year. That sounds ridiculous. But if you want to make an impact and you want to make people change a channel and to watch your product and really get eyes on your product, the only person you can hire is CM Punk. That will be my argument. And the reason why is he's the only person 
whose name is chanted in every arena across this to country. To this day. Yeah. To this day. And nobody else is going to move the needle that will jump over. We already The only other people that would move the needle that much would be like an AJ Styles, and he's doubled down in WWE. Seth Rollins ain't going nowhere. Roman Reigns ain't going nowhere. John Cena's not going anywhere. Randy Orton, he said he would take offers, but that's only because it'll get him more money with WWE. He ain't going anywhere, trust mm-hmm. me. There's no other major player that would move the needle as much as Punk would that's, that's, that they're able to get. So you need to offer him everything. That's my opinion. I'm closing on that. All right. <laughs> we hit you with a lot about wrestling. Gus, do you have any final comments for pro wrestling? It's a great time to be alive <laughs> as a pro wrestling fan. There's just, you know, we need variety. I was under the WWE bubble for so long that through other podcasts and through just word of mouth and, you know, talking to guys like you guys, you know, there is so much out there. I, I love variety, and I'm excited that – that's why I have hope. I have hope that AEW is going to be fantastic. And it's just going to be – I don't want it to compete with WWE. No, no. I don't want it to, like, do your own thing. That's what messed up Impact, and they tried to compete with WWE, and you can't. It, it's it's a established – it's the empire. You can't uh, defeat that uh, Death Star. You can't. There is no – there is no – there's no uh, torpedo to take it down. No, there isn't. But we'll have to wait and see. But I think we're all rooting for AEW. And, I mean, it's just such a great time to be a pro wrestling fan because there's so much variety out right now that if you're not into the major product of WWE, you have options to watch, and it's still just as good, if not better. So that's all we got for this edition of the ODPH Podcast. But I'm going to let our guests give their final shout-outs. Rich, what's going on, 3FN? How can they find you? Uh, easy to find us. Uh, we are uh, online, three uh, Facebook, 3 Fat Nerds Podcast, uh, Facebook and Instagram, at 3 Fat Nerds Pod, uh, hashtag 3FN, hashtag 3FNW. Uh, also, shout-outs, uh, 8122productions.com. That's where we're the overall and other the other brethren I got to get in there is uh, I co-host Horror Zone 607 with Mike C. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, it's all about horror. So check us out on Facebook, Horror Zone 607, at Horror Zone 607, on Instagram and uh, Twitter. Uh, I hope I got all the plugs in there. Keep your eye on the future. There's a, there's a big move coming up for us. Hey, details, details. So definitely keep it locked for 3FN. And Gus, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. So why don't you give us final play? What is going on May 23rd? Sell it. May 23rd at Galaxy Brewery. Um, we are going, my band, uh, Walking Distance, is going to play with Tom Jolu, Second Suitor, and the almighty handsome band of uh, Iron Sheik from all the way from my hometown stomping grounds, Long Island, New York. Uh, we have uh, new music, an EPL called uh, Call Me When You Get This. It's on Bandcamp. It's going to be on Spotify soon and iTunes and all that all that jazz. Find me on Instagram uh, under uh, How Is Gus Doing? And right now, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's an honest answer, folks. But you can... <laughs> And, uh, yeah, you can find me at therapy uh, two times a week. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> We have the links for everybody involved here with the show on the OchoDuroParleyHour.com website. If you go for music, you can find all the links to find Walking Distance. If you go to hashtag 607 podcast, you can find all the links for 3FN. Basically, and I'm on uh, OKCupid. Okay and Gus is on there, too. <laughs> so definitely hit him up. Let him know. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on the show this week. Definitely appreciate you having on. I am your host, Ken M., We're going to take you out 
with some more walking distance. Now, this is off the new EP. Jerry and Ginger, baby. So thank you, as always, for listening to the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Hashtag ODPH Podcast. We'll see you next time.